So, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Joshua chapter 8. But before we do that, we want to make our declaration. Hallelujah. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand real high. Hallelujah. Everybody's good? Amen. Let's make our declaration about our Bible. Let's hold it up real high and say, this is my Bible. It is my primary source of spiritual nourishment. Hold on. Wait a minute. How how long y'all been doing this? Let's try this again. This is my Bible. It is my primary source of spiritual nourishment. Articulate. I will read it every day and become all God wants me to be. My mind will be renewed. My life will be transformed. I will become fully surrendered to Christ. Therefore, I will hide his word in my heart so I can be all that God has destined me to be. Now, if you still believe that, shout amen. All right, that's better now. That's better now. I tell the choir, wait a minute, what y'all doing? Y'all came to, y'all came to sing or y'all came to play? You know, we came, to, we came to declare a thing. Amen. Let's declare it. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8. We're continuing in our series. And I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, you guys know me. I'm a comedian at heart. Um, I know I'm funny. Uh, whether you laugh or not, I know I'm funny. Um, but we're going to have a good time in the word. And I hope that something will be said tonight that will um, edify you, um, but also terrify hell. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jo- uh, Joshua chapter 8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written for then you will make your way. What prosperous and then you will have what good success. I want to ask you a question tonight. It's the title of our sermon and our talking point. What do you think? What do you think? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, that it does not return void, that it is sharp, it's not dull, it goes forth to do exactly what you want it and declare it to do. Um, speak through my mouth, think through my mind, none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you guys know I've said this a plethora of times. So I saw um, uh, Pastor Nicole last week. Didn't you do a phenomenal job? What Amazing. Amazing job. I enjoy that word. I've been telling her all week. I've just been encouraged by by that word. But one of the things that I saw she did last week, she had her whole water bottle sitting right here. And so I'm going to see if I can get my water bottle. Um, I'm going to see if I get a letter from the tech department from the production team about my water bottle. Amen. A rabbi, a priest, and a Shaolin monk walk into a bar. When they sit down, they begin to debate over which of their religions is the correct one to follow. After much debate and many drinks, the monk had an idea. 
What if we try to convert a very wild, very powerful creature like a bear to our own religion? Whoever succeeds must truly be the correct one. The other two agree and they leave for the night. The next evening, the priest walks in with a couple scratches and bruises. The bartender asks, what happened? And he says, well, I read the book of John to a bear, but that was a bad idea. The monk walks in with a cast on his arm. The priest asks about his experience with the bear, and he said, well, meditation next to a bear is a bad idea. Finally, the rabbi rolls in on a wheelchair, missing a leg, with bandages wrapped around his entire body. The monk and the priest are horrified, and they ask, what happened? The rabbi says, I think starting with circumcision was a bad idea. Some of y'all will get that when you go home. You know, it often astonishes me uh, of the power of God and the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, We have the authority with the help of the Holy Spirit to um, to, to, to heal, to lay hands on the sick and they're healed. We have the authority and the power over demons and death and depression and sickness. We have authority over the atmospheres in which we exist in. Um, and yet having all that power and authority, all this access to kingdom amenities, and yet we can be some of the most scary people on the planet. We can be some of the scariest people on the planet. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And for some reason, we will not take authority over the things that come against us. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. To understand, Webster defines it as to understand the thing is perceiving the intended meaning or significance or cause of something. To understand the thing is to perceive the intended meaning or significance or cause of something. If you're taking notes, this is not in the power notes, but this is something I think you should write down. Accurate understanding is critical to accurate expectation. Accurate understanding is tantamount. It is critical to accurate expectations. So, so for example, uh, we're going to play a little word a word game here. When I when I say a word, I want you to shout out the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Gosh, man, it's a question. Answer it. The first word that comes to mind when I say success. Go. Job, money, fame. When I say, all right, next word. When I say prosperity, first word, money, God, household. All right, watch this word now. First word. I should ask the ladies this one. You ready, ladies? First word, submission. Shout it out. What? Obedience. 
Somebody said, not me. All right, I'm just, I'm just joking. What about, what do you think of when you think about a rainbow? Some of y'all were like, oh, we want to go there tonight. What do you think about when you hear the word meditation? Prayer. The word. Peace. Those are all good words. Y'all might be saved. Y'all might be saved. Many times we hear these words, though, and we subconsciously place meaning on them, but we never, but we always have to be sure that we don't define or associate these words with secular or worldly understanding. Right. So so I'll tell you something about me. Growing up as a kid, there was this show called Rainbow Bright. And and I, and I hate to say this, but I, I loved Rainbow Bright. I, I love the TV show. It came on right after Jim. Uh, it's truly, truly outrageous. I'm dating myself, but but I, I love rain. I love the rainbow. But as I got older, uh, uh, the, the rainbow has been reappropriated. By. Some other groups of people, if we'll just say that. And so now we don't feel comfortable having anything to do with a rainbow. But it's been, re- it was ours, right? And then somebody else took it, and so now we don't want to touch it. Uh, uh, um, um, the, the, the word meditation. Most people outside of Christian circles might think of Eastern meditation. They might think of yoga. They might think of Buddha. They might think of monks. They might think of all of these different things. But the Bible talks about meditation all the time. The word of God speaks about meditation all the time. Remember, we said that to understand a thing is to perceive the intended meaning or significance or cause of something. I think that we have allowed the world to reappropriate some godly principles and ideas. And I want to focus on this idea around meditation. Again, we find, we find the word or variations or synonyms of the word all throughout scripture. Um, today, today's text brings to the forefront the importance of meditation. What is meditation? Meditation is defined as to think deeply or focus one's mind, watch this, for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting for religious or spiritual purposes or as a method of relaxation. We did again meditation to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting for religious or spiritual purposes or as a method of relaxation. Now, if we're honest, if we're being honest, can we be honest? Just, it's just us. If we're honest, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to focus on really anything for any period of time. I mean, it just, it just is. And not just for the kids, for us as adults too. Oh, uh, you, you know the distractions, and yet we still fall prey to them every single day. I literally, in preparing this sermon, I literally had to hide my phone from myself. 
because I'm so used to be, and I had to take my, my, my smartwatch off because I'm so used to the buzz or the ping or the vibrate or the, or the beep or the noise or the notification. And the dopamine that's happening in my brain makes me have to go and look at it. And if I don't look at it, I can't stop thinking about what the possible notification might be. Distracted. I know that's just me. I know. I know. It's okay. It's my own confession hour. Distraction. What about, what about streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, where you don't have to worry about commercials? So you can watch an entire season. Most of us binge watch for the first year of the pandemic. In 2020, all you did was catch up on all your shows. You, you ordered food. You didn't cook nothing. Your poor babies were making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day because you had to make sure you found out how the show ended. And some of us, some of us now, we're conditioned to watch a show without the commercials. So we will wait for it to be released to Hulu. We will wait for it to be released to Netflix so we don't have to wait till next week. It's not y'all, it's me, I know, it's me. It's me. Distracted. Distracted. And then there are the distractions that we, that we consider to be a priority, right? Um, these, and I use this term loosely, these gifts that we call children. Right? The precious gifts, they're precious in his sight. These children that we're called to steward and pour into and love unconditionally. That no matter what time they go to bed, they still wake up at the crack of dawn. And, you, and, and we make the excuse that I can't do the things that I know I need to do because of these kids. Distracted, distracted, distracted. Scientifically, we know that there are proven benefits to quiet time. We know this scientifically. We know this. Science is only reconfirming what the word of God has already told us. So this is not new information for us. We also know that there are many variations and forms and types of meditation. But I want to briefly talk about three. And I'm halfway done. I want to talk about three forms of meditation. Anybody here meditate? Anybody? So, 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 so. Uh, after you hear these three forms of meditation, you, you might change your mind about if you meditate, all right? So, so the first form of meditation is, watch this, it's called anxious meditation. Anxious meditation. And this is the meditation that happens when we rehearse the possibility of a problem over and over and over Again, the the things that we have no control over, the things that are literally not in our hands, we stay in our quiet place and we rehearse the possibility of tragedy. That's meditating. Anybody meditate? (laughs) Okay, just hang in there, hang in there. That's the first type of of meditation there is. The second type is, 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 is regretful meditation. Regretful meditation. This is where we meditate on the things from our past over and over and over again. The the things we have absolutely no control over. Sound familiar? The things that are no longer in our hands. Anybody meditate? 
Yeah. I know you don't want to lift your hands. But if we're just being honest, because here's the deal. When I go to the doctor, I can't, if, if something's wrong with my body, I can't, I can't, I can't lie to the doctor. Because if I lie to the doctor, he will misdiagnose the problem. We talked about accurate understanding is critical for accurate expectations. So I got to be honest with myself. There are seasons in my life. There are times I am living in moments of my life in, 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 in regretful meditation. I'm driving in the car and I'm thinking about what happened 15 years ago. And how I wish I could have been a time machine to go back. Or I wish I could, I could call that person back and try to undo, try to find some way to undo what I did or what they did. Regretful meditation over and over and over. What happens in both of these scenarios is we find ourselves stuck with the thoughts and the emotions of things that will either, that we can't get back and change or the thoughts and emotions associated with the fear of what might happen. Every now and then, it will help me out. I promise you if you say amen. Every now and then, I promise you, because I feel like I'm just preaching the chairs. But it's okay. We're going to preach. We're going to get the chairs delivered. The text, the text tells us to focus day and night on the word of God so that I can respond or act according to it. Let's read the text again. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, I love that. It didn't say on it, but it said in it. Meditate in it. Some, 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 some translation says to read it again and again and over and over and over. Because here's the deal. Some of us will check it off the list. I read my Bible today, but we don't meditate on it. And you think that that's being logged in heaven as a good thing. Like God, God doesn't take attendance and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't do grades the way that we do them. Right. So, 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 so what I do is I get up in the morning and I go over to my couch and I, and I, and I, and I lean over like this on the, and I lay on the couch. Right. And I have my, 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 my word right there and I'm reading it while the notifications are coming through my phone. Cause my, my Bible is on my phone and I'm reading it and they, that wait upon. The Lord shall renew their strength. And I read that chapter, don't remember anything of what I said, but then I walk away saying, I, remember, I spent time with the Lord today. Anybody guilty of that? You ain't got to raise your hand. I already know. I already know. I already know. Anxious meditation, regretful meditation. And then I'm getting ahead of myself. Watch this. If, you, if you're taking notes, write, write this down. Hear me. What consumes my thoughts will dictate what I pursue. What consumes my thoughts will dictate my pursuit. So, 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 so the mind... The unseen world, what's the thoughts that I'm building, that I'm creating, I'm creating strategy here that will manifest itself here in the seen world. That's the power of the mind. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. It's just not so that you can be like Jesus, but so that you can accomplish what Jesus accomplished in the earth. 
Are you hearing me? So, so what you consume will dictate what you pursue. There is a spiritual to a, there is a spiritual connection. Again, we are spirit. Remember, we are spirit. We possess a soul. We live in a body. So what happens is I am a part of the unseen world. And because I partner with heaven, my thoughts are a part of the process of manifesting in the seen world. The power of my thoughts. Okay, let me let me break it down to, to, to simple form. Okay. Um, uh, okay, anybody in here under 12? Okay, all right, okay, 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 all right, okay. So y'all stay with me here. The girl or the guy that you think about, if you think about them, and if you dwell on them, and you meditate on them, in short order, there is a physical reaction. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. When you dwell on that person, when I'm driving home after a long night and my wife has made a nice, beautiful dinner for me and I'm thinking about how amazing she is, how much I love her, and I dwell on that, it evokes a physical response. Anybody here with me yet? Anybody still know what I'm talking about? We all here. Let me try one more time. Over here for the, okay, over here. All right. Um, um, when you date someone before, because sometimes when you get married, it's okay. Some of, some of it wears off a little bit. It's okay. But just imagine when you were first dating someone and you needed accountability because your thoughts were evoking physical manifestations. Somebody say amen to that. What you consume will dictate what you pursue. All right. So my question to you is this. When was the last time you thought deeply or focused your mind for a period of time on the person of God? On the attributes of God? On the character of God. On the nature of God. The third type of meditation I want to share with you is biblical meditation. Biblical meditation. Biblical meditation involves focusing on the person of God, the provision of God, and the promise of God for a period of time. I I did the P's on purpose so y'all could remember it. The person of God, the promise of God, and the provision of God. But not just when you need him most. Meditation is a disciplined thing. Much like everything else that yields good results. Exercise. When you go to the gym, and we talk about this example all the time, you go to the gym and you work out and you lift iron and you sweat and you're burning and you go, first thing you do is you go look in the mirror. You just want the inkling of a result. (laughs) You just want the inkling of some fruit. That's not the way it works. I've got to be disciplined. 
discipline and not go because I want my wife to, you know, jump all over me when I come home. But I, I, I have to go because she's not going to do it the first time. But I got to go because my body, my body needs to operate at optimal level. And the only way that happens is to be consistent in exercising every part. So it is with the mind. So it is with the mind. Here's the deal. As believers, I talked about this earlier, we are too passive with what we take into our mind. We're too reactive. We're not, the Bible says, the Bible says to, 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 to cast down imagination and every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Isaiah 26 and 3 says that God will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed <laughs> on him because he trusteth in thee. Now, now, now I understand why my mom always had worship music in the house. I understand it now. I understand why she broke a Stevie Wonder tape in front of in my face one time. Just break crack. It's a holy house. I understand why every time I came home from school, there was a pastor on the television. I understand why she didn't watch certain shows and watch certain movies. It was because she was meditating on God's word day and night. And I see the results. I often say this. My mom is not perfect, but I say this. If she ain't getting in, nobody got a chance. None of us got a chance if she ain't making it in. And she's been consistent. And so when you talk to her, and when you talk to her, you're not going to talk much longer until she starts talking about some sort of way. She's going to start talking about God. Some sort of way. You could be talking about the New Orleans Saints. You could be talking about food. You could be talking about her children. Some way, somehow, the conversation is going to divert and talk about the goodness of God. Because she's been meditating on it. Day and night, she's been living with it. She's been dwelling with it. Her mind has stayed on it. She has conditioned herself to say that this is the priority. These thoughts are the priority. I want his peace. I want his provision. I want his promise. So we got a few things here I want to just share with you, then we're done. Number one, meditation is an ongoing encounter with God. It's ongoing. It is not, I got up in the morning, I read my Bible, I said a prayer, uh, and then I can go start my day. Nope. It is, I got up in the morning, I read my Bible, I was quiet before the Lord to hear what he wanted to say to me and what he needed to instruct me and the peace he needed to fill me with. And then I got up and I brought Jesus with me to the rest of the day. the meditation. So when I got to my job, I sat down and I said, thank you, Lord, because I recognize that it's your grace that kept me. I'm, I, I thank you, God, that you're keeping my family. I'm dwelling on him. I'm, I'm, I'm being reminded that he's got me because I'm dwelling on him. I'm being reminded that he's got my children because I'm dwelling on him. The same God that kept me is going to keep my family. I'm dwelling. My mind is stayed 
on him. First John chapter four, verse 13 says, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. It makes no sense. And it is futile to have the spirit of God in you and not allow and, and not be in communion with him. If we're going to do that, then we might as well go back to the old Testament and just come back and let pastor Frank and all the other pastors speak for you. You don't get the presence of God. Just a priest. All that Jesus went through. So you you can just come here and get a word versus dwelling and keeping your mind stayed and allowing the Holy Spirit access throughout your day to speak into your life. And to challenge you and encourage you and remind you, hey, you don't have to act. You don't have to be old, Ronald. You don't have to be the old. You don't have to be the old person. Don't be that guy. Because I've given you a strength and I've given you a hope. Number two, listen to this. Who we are and what we become is a direct reflection of what we think. In other words, biblical, my bad, y'all. I gave y'all point three and point two. It should have been switched. I've switched it because I just made it my bad. You're fine. Who we are and what we become is a direct reflection of what we think. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's go back up to the text right here. Let's listen, 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 listen. Meditate. On his word, in his word, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Watch this. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Now notice the text didn't say God will go bring success to you. Notice the text, he said, you just sit down and do whatever you want to do. And long as you save and you come to church a couple of times a month, you don't have to talk, not every week, just a couple of times a month. Uh, and just pretend to read your word. Then I'm going to bring success and prosperity your way. It's not what he says in the text. If you meditate on the word, here's why. Because in the word, <laughs> the Bible says that everything pertaining to life and godliness is found in the word. So it's not just about being a better Christian, right? But it's about being a better businessman. It's about being a better employee. Being a better mom, a better dad. It's in the word. If you want success, you don't have to go, self-help books are good, motivational podcasts are great, but everything that they're saying, if, if it's truth, if it's, if it's proven, you'll find it in the word. Period. You'll find it in the word. And so you don't have to go and seek out new ideas, new revelations. Meditate on the proven ones. Be disciplined in feeding yourself the proven ones. And what that looks like is this. I'll give you a perfect example. You're going through a trial at work. Coworkers trying to get you fired. Let's just use that as an example. As an example, it's an example. So what I do in my morning time of meditation, Father, I thank you. 
that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God, I thank you that you make me the head and not the tail. God, I thank you that you are above, that I am above and not beneath. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. And, and here's the deal. You don't have to have a lot of scripture in you. You can find the one that speaks to your situation and keep reciting it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. On your, on, on your ride to work, God, I thank you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you sit down at your cubicle, at your desk, in your office. God, I thank you that no weapon is going to prosper that has been formed against me. On your drive to Chick-fil-A to get you some, get you some dinner. God, I thank you that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Because what happens is you start filling yourself with the word. And what happens is this. There is a wisdom that is impart, imparted. And then, and not, not wisdom as the world gives, but there's a kingdom wisdom that is imparted to you that will now give you strategy for how to deal with the weapon. <laughs> Number three, biblical meditation is how we compensate for the flood of ideas that are antichrist. Biblical meditation is how we compensate for the flood of ideas that you, that you receive on a regular basis. That are antichrist, that are against the principles and the kingdom of heaven. Romans again, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the things that I embraced and I took in and I watched and I read and I listened to when I was in the old man, I now have to put off those things and be fed that which is going to be uh, nutritious for this new kingdom culture that I've been adopted into. Are you hearing me? Psalms 1 and 2 says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Watch this, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. I want to challenge you this week. Probably 40 percent of you guys that are going to go home. It's like, oh, it's a great message, y'all. You know, it's cool. But I want to challenge you, those of you that that want to experience the next level, the next dimension of your walk with the Lord. I want to challenge you to make time in the morning. I want to challenge you to not just check the box and say, "I prayed" or "I said," I, "I read a couple of scriptures." I want you to meditate. I want you to be intentional about what you read. And don't read the whole chapter. Find that verse. You can just Google it. Verses about peace. And find one. And pull it and make it put it on an index card. And take it with you throughout the day. Until you memorize it. Thy word have I hid in my heart. So 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 the challenge is this. Let's take the next seven days. Just make an intentional decision to get before the Lord and meditate. And that meditation is not prayer. That's not the same thing. Prayer is when we get to talk to God, share our, our, our concerns, what we want Him to do, what we believe in for Him to do. That's prayer. Meditation is sitting and receiving. All right? If you need peace, Lord, you said in your word that you would 
keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed on you. God, you said you keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed on you. And you envision yourself walking in that peace. That's the imagination part. That imagination doesn't exalt itself above the knowledge of God. That's right in line with his word. So you envision yourself walking in that peace that surpasses all understanding. And when you get to a, a stressful environment and you feel your body tensing up and getting stressed out, God, you said you'll keep me in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Thank you for keeping me in perfect peace. Five minutes every day. You scroll longer on your phone than I'm asking you to spend time meditating before the Lord. Five minutes starting tomorrow. Sunday to Sunday. And let's just see what happens. Let's just see what the Lord does. Alright? I'm taking attendance next week. We're going to grade it. I'm going to grade you. Everybody, I'm going to ask you, did you meditate? Did you meditate? Let's stand to our feet. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he's been good and... tell you something man the enemy of this of this world I'm sorry rather the enemy in this world he's good y'all he is good he is good and all this week I've been convicted about how much time I've been given to things that are distracting I've been convicted step out of myself and the Lord is showing me how many times I'm picking up my phone picking up my phone I'll go to the app I'll close the app I'll put the phone down that I and I'll pick the phone right back up not 30 seconds later and check the app that I just checked and when your mind is allowed to race perpetually that's where your stress is. When your mind is allowed to race and you don't make a deliberate decision to slow it down. Some of the mental hurdles we're experiencing is because your brain and your mind is literally burnt out. It's nonstop. Nonstop. Non-stop. Non-stop. You don't get brownie points for how heavy of a load you can bear. The Bible says his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So God is not concerned with how much weight you can bear. He's saying, I need you to come into the quiet place I need you to steal away just for a few moments I know you gotta get the kids dressed you gotta do breakfast you gotta get ready for work and you gotta figure this out but just steal away because I want to give something to you and so Lord we thank you that you thought 
signs of impartation through Jesus Christ. That you loved us so much. That you've given us the keys to prosperity. You've given us the keys to success. You've given us the keys to life and godliness. Now God, give us the discipline to walk it out. Give us the discipline to arrest those thoughts when they want to scurry and run away. We don't, we don't have ADHD. We're just not rehearsing. At least some of us don't. We're just not rehearsing bringing our thoughts into subjection. Give us the discipline, Father. And we'll be careful to give you name, praise, and glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank God. Love you all.